We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Another great podcast for you guys today. Two last segments, our locks of the week with Jake Seeley, followed by our pivot slash leverage plays of the week with TJ Hernandez. Love having these segments back to back, by the way. Really gives us a nice footing on where the public should be, but also how to leverage that information in DFS tournaments. So if you enjoyed the show, definitely leave me a rating and review when you get a chance over on Apple Podcasts and consider following on Spotify. Doing my best to build up this audio feed a bit more this season, so I will see you guys there. Also, the Listener League, $5, three entry max contest that is completely rake-free on FanDuel. You get there by going to fanduel.com slash Holka. That link does support the channel, but if you're a first-time depositor, you're going to get an amazing 20% deposit bonus just by going through that link. Supporting the channel always is appreciated. Thank you so much. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. It's our locks of the week, positions by position, that we are trying to get in as many players as we can that are not necessarily going to be the highest owned, but the best plays at each position. That's the idea. We're going to be building an optimal DFS lineup live. Wouldn't be locks of the week without my good buddy from The Athletic and Bets TV. You guys know him on Twitter, at AllInKid. Jake Seeley, how we doing, my man? Good. Pretty good. I'm doing better than apparently it sounds like Dak Prescott. Thankfully, he's not on this slate because I just saw the news pop up that they said it might not be his or he said it might not be his decision whether or not he plays. Wait, what? Can we talk about this for yeah. a second? I've been live. I missed all of this. I mean, it legitimately just happened before you brought it on. He said, uh, yeah, he's ready to play, ready to play against the Vikings, but it's not just my decision. I think I would spoil that would spoil the fun. We'll just keep going. Obviously, I'm gonna be at that keep game. progressing. You're telling me that, that we, we got we got Cowboys and Vikes. I'm going to be at the game, Hollywood, Halloween, and then I'm not going to get to watch Dak. Is that that's a thing? This is I mean, ruining possible. everything. I mean, this, is, this could just be game and shit, but at the same time, like when you say it's not just his decision, I mean, teams are going to be smart. Like look at what the Giants are doing with Barkley, who might be out past their buy at this point. So I don't know. Oh. This is... When is the Cowboys <laughs> buy? Is that coming up? Uh, I'm yeah. the worst with buys. Yeah. All right. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So it is our locks of the week. Now that you just completely threw me off, let's, uh, let's jump into this at the quarterback position. Uh, lock of the week at quarterback, Joe Burrow. He's 7,800 at the New York yeah. Jets. This is an interesting one, Jake, because we, I guess we've come full circle already on Cincinnati. We were talking about them being one of the most pass heavy teams in the entire league coming into the year. And then they basically just flipped the script on us at the beginning of the season. But at least lately, it's kind of trended in the right direction a little bit, right? So great spot against the Jets. So I'm with you on this one. Not even pass happy. Uh, you know, I would love to get up to Josh Allen and I would love some Josh Allen stuff on Diggs this week. And we'll talk about wide receivers in a little bit. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's always in play, but the Saints defense is better than people realize. And it's been better. Marshawn Lattimore looks like Marshawn Lattimore two years ago, where it's like, oh my God. Now I'm not benching Mike Evans and seasonal. And all that. all that to be said, it's like you drop down, you save a thousand from Josh Allen to Joe Burrow. You don't get the rushing upside. And it's not really full circle. I think it's a different path we expected for Joe Burrow to be this. Was, okay. I expected Joe Burrow to be among the league leaders in pass attempts this year. That was part of the reason I had him in so many seasonal leagues. The difference is he's turned into Ryan Tannehill, where he's throwing two or three touchdowns by not throwing 35 times a game. He's been remarkably efficient, and a big part of it has to do with his boy, Jamar Chase, mm -hmm. coming to this team. But, you know, obviously against the Jets, we just saw what the <laughs> Patriots just did to them. And there's that concern that you run out of the clock. It's Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, everything. But you look at it as like if they are up to a big score, it's probably going to be Joe Burrow throwing three touchdowns before halftime. Like that, that's really where I'm going for this. If it wasn't such a big savings, if the gap was closer, I wouldn't say it, but I'm dropping down to him mostly because, again, I haven't fully built a lineup, but I, I really want to pay up at running back and at least a re receiver or two. Yeah, I like this uh, this game for sure on the, the Cincinnati side of things just because I think there's some people that still don't want to believe that J J Jamar Chase is in this elite company because he's priced there now. So 
it's interesting on He's that perspective. He's top already. Yeah, I'm for sure. But I'm just saying, like, the difference in price between him and T. Higgins. People, I know what they are. I already know at this point of the week. People are just going to play T. Higgins because they're going to see the box score. They're going to see the volume. They're going to see the huge difference in price. Like, Jamar Chase is 8,200 on FanDuel. T. Higgins, you save almost 2K at 6,300. So I love the the T side of that, just like everyone does. But, like, I'm not going to discount the ceiling. And if we're going to get Jamar Chase at sub 10%, like, this is a stack um, that makes a lot of sense to me. So I love the Burrow play at quarterback. Anything the T. Else Higgins add? price is ridiculously it undervalued. Is. I, I, in seasonal, too. I, said, I think it's just perception, I guess, by the entire world. Because I had people, before last week's game, should I drop T. Higgins? I'm like, he's clearly the number two. And then I yeah. saw people during that game, like, well, if you would have told me he would have got this many targets, I would have said play him. Like, who? why weren't you playing T. Higgins? I, I don't understand it. I think that it's been over, like... Jamar Chase's ascension to the elite tier as a rookie has overshadowed the fact that T. Higgins is legitimately a top 25, if not 20 wide receiver. Yeah, I, I always like gauge it by some of the comments over on TikTok because I'll, I'll literally see like, should I trade Tyreek Hill for whatever, A.J. Brown and a smaller piece? I was like, why, why are we even discussing trading Tyreek Hill? It, like, it's just like people overreact extremely. So sometimes it happens the other it's way. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, I, I like we should move on because there's a lot of guys to talk yeah. about. The quarterback side of things, obviously, if you're paying all the way up, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, they're great plays. But Joe Burrow at 7,800, really, really yeah. good price. So uh, let's move on. Running back locks of the week. There's a couple guys we're going to talk about. We're going to start with Daryl Henderson at Houston. He's mm-hmm. 7,700. My only concern with this, Jake, is that he wasn't getting a ton of usage around the goal line. But man, it's Houston. You would imagine that there's going to be tons of opportunities there across the board for them to score points, right? It is, and this is a game script that we didn't expect. Nobody expected. Nobody expected the Lions to jump sure. out to a lead onside kick. And I, the truth is, Daryl Henderson's still top five, top two. Maybe he fell out of top five. I haven't checked this week yet. I've been a little bit behind with life. People know that. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's top five, at least heading into last week when it was goal-to-go attempts. So it's not like you know one game might have knocked him out, but he's still up there. I'm not concerned about one game. I'm not concerned about the game script going out the window and not what we expect. It's Houston, even if Tyrod's back. Honestly, you could argue Tyrod being back maybe like keeps him on the field a little bit more and the game's not 30 to nothing by halftime. But it's against Houston. It's Daryl Henderson. Let's go back. You know what? I'm going to use last week as something we talk about in seasonal a lot. And I know I don't want to keep bringing up seasonal, but it's a good point. It's like people won't go back to people that burn them. They don't want to use players the next year. I don't want to go back to that guy. I remember what he did to me last year. Henry (laughs) Ruggs, perfect example. Yep. Daryl Henderson just burned everybody. Everybody who was playing him as top five at minimum top 10 last week, and they don't want to go back to him. I'm going 100% right back to him. Uh, I had him in my lineup. I don't, did my lineup even finally cash? It felt like a good one. I mean, it did for, I tweaked it a little bit on my side, and that one did cash. I don't know if mine did for you. Well, I didn't get a lot of money back last week, uh, Jake. So I would imagine that the, the money that I did get back, I think, was from the lineups from the guests. So it was very close. I know that Reeves cashed. I think that there was one that was right behind it. I'm not sure if it ended up cashing, but if it didn't, it was very, very close. So yeah, I appreciate you guys getting me something back last week. Just a disaster. <laughs> good. Good. But, uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm with you on Henderson. 7,700 is a great price for him. I think that if he even would have scored one touchdown last week, he would have been a little bit more expensive. Uh, The next guy is someone that, I guess, if you're paying attention, he should have been like one of the the primary bringbacks on any time you're playing against Detroit. But DeAndre Swift just continues to be under-owned. Maybe people don't believe it, but the usage is super Mm. elite. Like, this is everything we wanted Gibson to be and more from Washington, right? So DeAndre Swift, 7,900 versus Philly. Uh, This is an interesting spot. It still feels like he's going to come under owned again, though. Am I wrong? Well, because it, it, it's <laughs> it's great use 
once we get to the fourth quarter. Now, sure. last week changed, and that's where the appeal comes from. So, and this is something else I've been saying for a while here is I would love Swift on other teams. I would love Swift if he got use in the first three quarters. Going into last week's game, 70% of his production came in fourth quarter, and I think they had one overtime game. But anyway, I included overtime. I don't know. I don't. People can probably correct me if I'm wrong, which, by the way, if you want to do in the chat and give a like, um, that's for Joe, not for me. That's not why I yell at you guys, but it's only at 60. Usually it's at 100 by the time I get here. You've but been anyway. nicer lately, man. People, yeah, people, people are saying that you're getting 70% soft. of his production, fourth quarter and overtime. That's yep. one quarter of the plays being on the field. Last week changed. They finally used them right out of the gate, which was great. Now, Maybe that's used going forward, and they saw the success you had even against the Rams, and partly the reason they jumped out to a lead, and they go forward with that, which if so, you could argue that DeAndre Swift is creeping on the top five running backs. So this is what it is. is like the floor is really high, even if he only is third, fourth, overtime, that kind of thing. But if they're using him the entire game, and by the way, the Eagles' run defense is, for my adjusted points allowed, which you can see on the athletic, which adjust for strength of opponent, for running backs, this is the third best matchup. Oh, by the way, the Lions are number two for running backs. Interesting. Interesting. So one of the things that I brought up uh, with Reeves earlier was that like going at uh, the run the sim stuff. So we basically can simulate this entire slate 10,000 times and see an idea of which guys are popping in the optimal lineup most often. DeAndre Swift is actually the second most popular Maybe. player in the optimal lineup. So interesting. Uh, 7,900 that he would pop in that as frequently as he does. Real but quick. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off because you have it on the screen. So I want to leave, I want to yeah. mention it while it's on the screen. The Alvin Kamara popping where he is. I had this debate with Pat on his show, and you ran the Sims too. We were going He's back one of the and guys forth I want to, I, I want you to tell tell me about because I don't know what to do with them at that price. Terrible matchup. That's, we just that's saw, why. Yeah, no, but it's do. not. A so ooh, yeah, here we go. So I sat there and argued with Pat because Pat didn't have him in his weekly top ten running backs, and I mm -hmm. argued for him to push him higher. We had this whole debate, and he ran simulations. It came out the same thing. Yep. Tampa Bay is not as good against the run as they used to be. They are still strong between the tackles runners, but especially for pass catching types, we saw what Miles Gaskin to them, did to them. And Kamara, who doesn't always run between the tackles, as we know, gets out into space. And if they're going to go back to him and, oh my God, what, what a concept. You throw the ball to Alvin Kamara instead of just giving him 20 carries and zero targets? What a concept. Yeah. But if you're going to use this, this is how you beat up the Buccaneers with a running back like Kamara. I love his price because I know people are just going to see Bucks and stay away. I tried to slam Kamara into my lineup, but I just couldn't quite get to his price. Yeah, man, this is one that I think I'm going to have to see. Like, I, I see both sides of it. Some people are going to see Tampa Bay. Some people are going to see the price, and he's going to be popping in optimals across the industry no matter what lineup builder you're, you're looking at. I guess maybe the, maybe the Tampa Bay thing is, is like, it's a narrative we're running with, and we just assume they're the best of the league at defending the run, and then there's, like, a little bit more nuance there that we kind of need to wrap our head, heads around. Sounds like that's what we're well, saying. Yeah, I mean, my adjusted points allowed, they're, for this week alone, they're the fifth toughest. They used to be number one, and it wasn't close. Like, so adjusted points allowed, like, I'll give you, the number is 15.8. That's 7.1 under league average. So that's the entire backfield on any given week should score around 15.8 points against them. It used to be they were right around nine or 10, which is an absurd number. And the biggest part about that is that that 15.8 number most of that's coming in half and full point PPR because it's pass catching running back damage. So while this it's again, that's why I said it's still a tough run defense, but a pass catching run defense, it's not very good. Yeah, this is good to know. Um, I think that the running back position actually is really interesting this week. So this is a guy that you can play at running back. You can play at wide receiver Cordero Patterson. He's 7,300 versus <laughs> Carolina. I I'm, 
I already know what's going to happen because last <laughs> week I actually had Cordero Patterson on one of my main teams, got him at super low ownership. He's probably too expensive, but man, I stand by the fact that his floor, the way he's being used is actually pretty strong, right? Like anytime you get a wide receiver that's being used in the high equity portions of the field, we know that, but also like the running, the rushing equity that you get from a guy that you can play at wide receiver cannot be understated. Like that's like a totally different type of archetype than we normally get from these guys. And now his snaps are going up. They're starting to trust him more because it's one of the things that has been working with this offense, right? So I guess one of uh, what, what do we only. do? What do we do with Patterson? Like, I, I don't think he's going to be owned because people just like don't want to click him for whatever reason at that price. And that's the thing. So I think that's why he's intriguing is not that just at that price, but that price is less prohibitive than it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it higher last week? It was. I felt it was like AK. it was higher. He was AK. Yeah. That's why so like, it came I, no down. one picked him at AK when you had like Cooper Cup, like Deontay, Deontay Adams. Like, and no I feel him. like they're trying to bait me. Like even in seasonal, I said this is like I finally gave the OK to drop Mike Davis. But I said, don't drop him because he's still like of the A.J. Dillon of the world. Like if something happens to Patterson, Mike Davis is going to walk into an RB2 volume. It's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be pure volume. So I say like I gave the OK to like if you have to win this week, if you have to make a move, you can drop Mike Davis. Watch, this is going to be the week we're all going to be sitting here on Sunday night saying Mike Davis just got 20 carries for 115 yards and two touchdowns or something stupid like that. I hope not, man. I really hope not. And not to keep hammering run the Sims, but like if there's one Falcon right now that still continues to pop in the optimal lineup more than you would think, it's Cordero Patterson, top fives. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I guess like no one wants to click this guy. I'll say this, like it's the complete inverse of the Philly situation where all the weapons are super cheap. Now in Atlanta, if you're going to be stacking up this game in DFS, like Patterson's really expensive. Calvin Ridley's really expensive. Obviously, Kyle Pitts now, after his explosion game, is really expensive. So it's harder to get there. But as a one-off, it is at least interesting uh, to get there with that. Uh, Anything else to add on uh, the running back position slash uh, Patterson? Yeah, I think we're good. All right, cool. So uh, I guess now... Uh, not to completely bury everything, but I want to remind you guys that the show is on all major podcast platforms. So if you get a chance to leave me a rating interview over there, toss me a follow over on Spotify, whatever platform you're using, it's going to be there. It would mean the absolute world. So wide receiver locks of the week. It does feel like a week to maybe pay up at wide receiver mm. as well. So we got Stefan Diggs. He's 7,300 versus Miami. We talked through it That's a little bit with Reeves and man, this seems like a great price, right? This, I mean, I mean you're just asking you're begging me to use Stefan Diggs at 7,300. Look, Stefan Diggs is not that different than Stefan Diggs has been. Uh, the biggest issue is just the touchdowns haven't been there. But against Miami, who on paper at the beginning of the year, just like the Giants on paper at the beginning of the year, were considered to be a fearsome secondary. When you talk about the top two corners, the same thing you go to the Giants. They bring in a Dory Jackson as the number two along James Bradbury, and the Giants haven't been able to stop the pass. The Washington defense was supposed to be so good up front that it didn't matter what their secondary looked like. Miami, Xavier Howard and the rest, they're so good. They've just been destroyed. Miami is one of the best matchups week in and week out. And if you're talking about it, I'm looking right now. Stefan Diggs has one game where he doesn't have at least eight targets. Oh, by the other four, he has 10, 11, 11, 13. Even in that five game, he went two for 69. His floor is 7.9. And he just had last week where he had 19, or the last game, 19.4. Yeah, 7,300, this is just stupid. Like I said, if you can get Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and maybe you don't want to double pay up at running back, I would love that stack. Uh, I'm going to hint, hint, go with the Cincinnati stack, but this is absurd to see him at 7,300. He's still in my lineup. Uh, He's still in my lineup even with the Burrow stack. Interesting. Yeah, I think Diggs is going to be owned just because people are holding on to obviously the ceiling that he hasn't quite shown yet. I guess a couple years ago, we would see like people bail on him a little quicker than I think they will 
this year. But I'm with you. Um, let's talk about uh, Jamar Chase, though. We obviously mentioned T. Higgins uh, a little bit earlier, but this is just a, such a great spot for Jamar Chase. If people don't want to pay that price tag at 8,200, like I'm, I'm very intrigued. If we get Jamar Chase under 10%, he's going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. I think. Like we talk about, obviously weighted opportunity, the air yards, all of the stuff is there with Jamar Chase, like turning into like the true alpha. But people are going to talk themselves into T. Higgins, and I don't really want to just jump into that ownership. I could see myself having both on a lineup. But I don't really want to play one-off T. Higgins, whereas I think I could play a one-off Jamar Chase if ownership holds the way it is right now. I guess uh, tell us a little bit more why you like him so much this week. Yeah, uh, first of all, because he's Jamar Chase. That <laughs> that's the beginning and the end of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, if even if the people let's forget the whole drop situation in, the, in preseason, how stupid that was. There were still legitimate concerns that okay, he mentioned the NFL was faster than he expected. So I actually drew this comparison. And, uh, you know, this is from somebody that said in my draft profile that Jamar Chase is one of the top 10 wide receivers in the top five draft classes, possibly even top five. So I already said that. But I said, like Saquon Barkley, but not injury related, we might not see full Jamar Chase until week three or four because they had Higgins and Boyd. It was week three where he blew up against Pittsburgh. He was still showing well in those first two games because he had touchdowns in each. But we're seeing what Chase is, could be, and this is who he is. And I said that earlier about Dynasty. He's a top five wide receiver. I was having a conversation on my show, like, who would you trade him for? Maybe A.J. Brown, if he was 100%, because A.J. Brown also has the body. But it's like A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. Well, does he have Kirk Cousins for how many more years? Like, we're already having the conversation of Chase versus the elite names. Like, Devontae Adams might not have Aaron Rodgers. So I say that to say that's where the argument ends for Jamar Chase. He is Jamar Chase. He can go up against anybody. He can beat anybody. He has already quashed, squashed, quashed, <laughs> squashed any fears about him. Yeah, can't about, confirm. Can't confirm. Yeah. Uh, any fears about being able to get out like that he would get out muscled in the NFL. So that's already out the window. So at 82, that's also why I like him is because of what you said is people are going to see Higgins and go away. Again, not just spoilers out the window, Burrow Chase and Higgins. I am going for the the three stack. All right. I, I like that a lot. Let's talk about one more wide receiver today. DJ Moore, 7,700. We just talked about this Atlanta game extensively. So maybe DJ Moore as a bring back, but man, I think that like sneakily a little bit like Carolina's in a really good spot this week right and not really many people are talking about them no they're not and it's mostly because Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold and mm -hmm. people you know had the assumption that Sam Darnold was better being away from Gase and that Brady and Rule fixed him and he's still if you watch the game since week one he still is the same Sam Darnold maybe five percent better it's just in fantasy we saw the rushing touchdowns but the one thing about dj moore is obviously the efficiency wasn't going to stay on that level with the way that sam darnold plays but the good thing about him is double digit targets every single week i, I think he has one game without double digit and it was very close this is just i'm chasing volume with dj moore and i think that i wouldn't be surprised if his roster ship ownership is lower even though $5, $500 cheaper, I want to be surprised if his is lower than Chase's is this week. Chase's is this week. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm with you. And if we just look at like this game, it actually doesn't pop in the Sims very well, but the one guy that does is DJ Moore. So DJ Moore. I, I'm with you on that. Volume. Yep. Uh, tight end, weird week. Uh, no Cap Travis Kelsey, no Darren Waller. Really not a lot to pay up for on the main slate, but one of the guys yeah. that we might be paying up for is uh, Jake's tight end lock of the week, Kyle Pitts. He's 6,800 in that same game that we're talking about against Carolina where there, there should be some fireworks, but are we paying 6,800 for Kyle Pitts after we've seen, I guess, the, the true reveal of the ceiling? How about this? Let me ask you, are you paying 6,800 for a top 15 wide receiver? I would. <laughs> there you go. And this is what this is what we were hoping for Kyle Pitts. It took a little bit longer than people wanted. People got a little bit impatient and seasonal because of it. 
But Kyle Pitts is essentially a wide receiver in the NFL. He's their number two. This is the situation we talked about in the preseason that some of your boy Justin Jefferson walked into the number two role. Kyle Pitts walked into the number two role. The acclimation to the NFL took a little bit longer, but he's still lining out wide as a wide receiver. He's still lining up as a tight end, too. But now he's getting the volume. And you could honestly look. I'm not saying like I keep like referencing my show. Like this is my show. I just we actually had a debate of Kyle Pitts if at the same position versus Calvin Ridley the rest of the way because Calvin Ridley is very a dot reliant and it's dropped significantly this year. And honestly, the past two games, and it might be like, oh, it's a quick reaction to what's happening, but the way that Pitts is playing and the fact that defenses are just focusing on stopping Ridley, maybe Pitts helps Ridley and that shifts. But as of right now, you know, if I get Pitts at sub 7,000, I mean, they're going to see if I can get him in. I can't get him in my lineup that I have, but I would love to if I could. That's why it's so frustrating with Pitts because we knew that like this is probably where his price was going to end up if we were, I guess, correct about anything in the offseason. So as the season went on, like we're just staring at Kyle Pitts at like 5,500 on FanDuel, even less at times. And then he has this explosion game in London and then he comes back to the main slate finally and he's 6,800. Yep. So like if, if we missed saw, on that. I saw a 200K winner last week who had Pitts as the flex. They used yeah, because everyone, they, was on they, Calvin, they, everyone was on Calvin Ridley. But yeah, yep, flexing that, out they like doubled down to the tight end. Yep. Yep. It's like the same kind of thing that you can do with Travis Kelsey. There was a week this year where RSJ was super popular and you just, I mean, mentally you just play Travis Kelsey in the flex and you play him like wide receiver. Cause that's what he is. There's only a few guys in the league that are being used like that, right? You can even throw Gasicki into that in some degree, right? Cause he's basically playing that wide receiver two role for them also. Yep. So if you did want to pay down Dan Arnold, 4,900 against Seattle, um, I mean, they traded for this guy, right? Like, they're going to use him. And, like, now I guess they're off the buy, right? So they probably have figured out ways to kind of uh, probably use him a little bit more, get him more op- acclimated to the offense, all that stuff. He's just really, really cheap. I'm glad you phrased that that way because, Joe, they already figured it out. The two it. games, so his very first game with them, two targets, two receptions, not very much. All it took was one game because the two games before the buy, Dan Arnold is tied for second only behind, behind Marvin Jones with LaVisca Chanel and Jamal Agnew, of all people. But the three of them are tied for the team target percentage and tied for opportunities. They already figured it out. It took that quick for the tight end, Dan Arnold, to get involved as a mix of the number two. Of course, hearing three guys in the mix of four options leaves a little bit of hesitancy there. But for a tight end already at least being in that conversation... Also coming on the buy, as you mentioned, also only at 4,900 if you're paying down Dan Arnold, which by the way, how many, how many times have I said to you, Joe, look for defenses that run a lot of cover two, Houston yep. Texans all year long. The last four weeks, the Seahawks are top four in running cover two. What I like the most about this play, Jake, is, yeah, on DraftKings, I think he's going to be the stone chalk. On FanDuel, everyone's just going to play Dallas Goddard for basically $400 more, I believe, something like that. So, um, yeah, 1000 more. Sorry, on FanDuel. But I guess Dallas Goddard is the guy that people are going to be trying to probably pay down for. He's going to be double, triple the ownership of Dan Arnold just because— I can see a lot of Gasicki and Goddard this week for people. Yeah, exactly. So like I, I like I always like like these plays that everyone just like talks themselves into playing on DraftKings that like you can play them on FanDuel, guys. Like it's totally fine. Maybe it doesn't like go one for one in terms of like the point per dollar that you're saving, but the usage is similar, right? So I, I like the Dan Arnold play a ton. Uh, let's touch on defense quickly, Jake. Obviously, San Francisco at Chicago, 4,600. They're a little bit on the expensive side. We also have the Chargers, 3,900 versus New England. Both great plays this week. These are your DST locks of the week. Do you have a lean? For either one, or is it more of like, what does your roster lead you towards? 
Uh, it's going to be what my roster leads me towards. I am leaning for the Chargers coming off their bye. The Chargers are a very good defense. You get the Patriots, who, if you look at points allowed for defenses scoring against the other opponents, so like the Patriots have allowed the six most points per game to defenses, even though Mac Jones has been relatively safe. There still has been enough turnovers, some being fumbles, some being, you know, I think uh, they had a touchdown in some game. But anyway, point being, it's a good play. Yeah, the 49ers are appealing. I think the Bucks are intriguing as well. But you know, the funny thing is, is that the Saints offense doesn't actually give up as much as you think outside of the blowups, which that's what you're going for. You're going for the Jameis Winston destruction game. Right. The thing is, is outside of the destruction games, it's very rare that a defense scores a lot against the Saints. So that's what that's I would think Bucks and Chargers, but Chargers because they're thirty nine hundred and I save three hundred, then I'm I'm going with the Buck or the Chargers this week. All right, we have Jake's locks. I want you guys to pause the video. Let me know in the comments your lock of the week. I want to hear from you guys. Jake, you ready to build a FanDuel team, my man? I could do it. Let's do it. I All started right. building as we we're going. So this is now a mix. We've done, I've built lineups ahead of time. We've done, I've built lineups with you. And now this we're going to do like, I have half of it here. All right. All right. Well, hopefully I don't mess it up. Uh, this team will be in the listener league at FanDuel.com slash Holka. So make sure you guys get in there before it fills. $5, three max, rake free. Bit heat. I mean, giant prizes for like what you're getting because all of that money that normally would go to the rake is just going into the prize pool so it's one of those things that you have to get into every single week lineups from tj rich rebar and jake of course it's the battle of the guests what are we doing this week my man yeah well let's just let's start let's slam in the joe burrow t higgins jamar chase and start from there and i'm not actually starting with running backs this time. yeah i was gonna say this is like a this is i guess unique for all you. Kind of no, no, we're just jamming in like uh the running backs but we're going stack today so we're, we're going uh we've turned you into a, like a gpp bro man this is this is this is a big, big moment for you <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge moment <laughs> what do we, are right. we are we going bring back on the other side are we leaving it uh just skinny like this uh i mean I, I don't, not, it's mike not, white all right i'm not I'm the not thing is, is like you, you do uh, you know what i haven't we'll see where we end up i'm gonna save that for the flex we'll see okay. where we end up salary wise because i have maybe contrarian bring back with that okay. if we get to it so let's put in swift and henderson and see like what it kind of okay. points us to here i'll say this it's been is a it, hot topic the to bring backs just because like i think there's an argument especially for like really tough defenses or really tough uh, offenses on the other side where you can just get a better one-off play for a lot of these at times, especially yeah. if you're playing a small field. So Smith or sorry, Swift and Henderson, we got in there and then you are definitely going to need some salary saving, but if we pick a defense, we would be able to, I think you're still doing okay actually on salary. I think, yeah. I think I'm looking at because the defense is going to be 39 because I'm doing the chargers. Okay. And then we're doing so Dan Arnold. the rest of the way. That's fine. And Dan Arnold. Oh, you're fine then on yeah. salary. Yeah, I'm going to be able to have some wiggle room there. All right, so Dan yeah. Arnold in there. Now you got 6,600 left the rest of the way for a wide receiver slot Two and a players. flex, man. Tons, tons of room. Let's put in Diggs. Mm -hmm. Let's see where we go from Diggs. I think DJ Moore would be too much. He's at 77. So, so now you got 6K left. So the range that you're essentially Diggs. looking at basically is Jerry Judy, Chris Co. Oh, gosh. This is, it actually gets kind of gross. You, you can get Cooks in there if you wanted to go with that. Gainwell uh, at 5,900, I think is interesting. I like Cooks. Okay, so here's, remember I, I said I got to do a... Nice little uh, mini with Henderson what? and Cooks. You know what? I think, you know, it would be the, the I was going to say, it's the contrarian bring back. What's Michael Carter? Let's see, we have 50, I mean, that, that fits pretty well, 5,700. So basically, you can I decide bring back between... the target volume in the passing game for Michael Carter, who is splitting with Ty Johnson, who's a little bit banged up. And hell, if Ty, if Ty Johnson's out, I would love some Michael Carter at 5,700. I could tell you that much. Yeah, I think but, that like 
differentiating with that almost makes more sense than with cooks i think there's gonna be a decent amount of cooks and henderson mini stacks but man yeah. you're a very differentiated get, here this is the most contrarian yeah. team you've ever built on this show jake i think I love, so you, i, I mean you could get crowder in there for 5600 too I, I, you know crowder would be because you can't get the davis crowder would be contrarian the you know what the interesting is i saw I have 300 left on the table mm-hmm. was six i'm doing quick math for everybody out there you know what Ooh, i was gonna say i could I, I miss him by a hundred dollars. I was gonna say oh. I could drop Swift to Camara for a super contrarian to go with that Camara that I was talking about before. Oh no, wait. So five hundred. I, I mean, think Swift is gonna be lower than Camara. You you think so? Yep. So anyway, well, that's what I was gonna bring up as a play, as a potential play, is pivoting from Swift to Camara. But then I would have to save another extra two hundred somewhere. So maybe it would drop down in a defense somewhere or something like that. But I was just I was just riffing off on the side for that. Yeah, side yeah. Mark. It's an interesting. I mean, there's maybe Chicago. Eh, you know what? That would be. That's what I'll do. You know, if I want to be contrarian, depending on the roster ship, you could switch switch Swift mm-hmm. to Camara, and then drop the Chargers down to the Bears against Jimmy Garoppolo. You could do that. Yeah. So, we but got, anyway, uh, I like this. Line, I like the lineup how we have it with the. Oh, I thought about Eli Mitchell too. The here's I I know we weren't talking about, it, but I I do I did want to bring up Eli Mitchell real too, real quick too because sure. I feel like he's going to be very popular, especially at that price. The fact that Hasty gets almost all of the passing game work just has me hesitant for half and full point PPR scoring. That's really all it is. It's like, if you, if, if Eli Mitchell could just at least get three targets, I mean, what did he get? Did he get one last week? I think it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely, I think it was, was it two or was it? I don't even know if he had a reception off the top of my head. My brain is like fried for it. By the way, I know while you're looking and I don't want to steal your show, but thank you for everybody who reached out and tweeted and everything like that. And like, especially, you know what? Especially thank you to Joe. Joe texted me. He deserves thumbs up, Joe. Joe texted me and we talked and I appreciate him touching Dude, we, we don't, there's times that all of us, we get so involved in what we have going on during the NFL season. You forget that like, it doesn't have to just be when we're on shows and we chat, man. So if they're, if you're going through something, like I'll always be here for you, man. You know that. Yeah. So big up to Joe. Thumbs up. Get 19 more likes for Joe being a good friend. All right, man. Well, uh, make sure you guys go follow Jake on Twitter. I'm sure almost everyone, probably everyone, has already done that, but he's at All In Kid. Jake, see you next week, my man. Appreciate you. Have a good one. Eli Mitchell got zero targets. Oh, God. Yeah. Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor, FanDuel, for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day's about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting fanduel.com slash Holka. First, that link does support the channel. So thank you. And even if you are not a first-time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and start that process through my link. That's fanduel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three-entry max listener league contest that one i will be reviewing every week on stream quite honestly one of the best places you can put your money in all of dfs because it's completely rake free there's a whole lot of nfl action left this season so make sure you join our community over on FanDuel. pick a lineup stay under the salary cap and see where your team stacks up against the competition they've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single game contests you can even set up private contests with your friends to experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the five dollar listener league or making your first deposit through fanduel.com holka the official daily fantasy sports partner of the joe holka show age and local restrictions apply bonus is used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days want to take a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner pristine auction a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just one dollar there's thousands of auctions ending daily so some of the crazy deals that you'll see actually pretty common whether it's a daily auction a weekly auction doesn't matter the marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves 
Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLKA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings, but only if you're fully registered at Pristine Auctions, so hopefully it's with code HOLKA because it supports the channel, so thank you, and let's get back to the show. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Week 8, tournament plays of the week, position by position, guys that might go overlooked in GPPs that can help us get to the top of the DFS leaderboards, plus... We're going to show you guys how to use this information at the end to build a GPP lineup live on the stream. Also, I'm not alone. Thankfully, uh, we have our guy back from 444 Football. He's the director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. What's up, man? Mr. Holka, how you doing? Um, excited to be here as always, but uh, a little nervous. Um, you know, not not be not to talk to you, but right before we hop on here, early early Thursday morning, I start running my ownership projections in preparation for this show, and uh, this is about as lost on ownership projections I've been all season. Um, I mean, I, I I mean, I think like the relative numbers. I think we're always going to get kind of decent but uh it's it's just kind of hard to figure out especially on fandle where people are going to be paying down if people are going to be paying up for henry at all and like just a couple of those dominoes can really make um make ownership numbers uh scramble up a bit so it's going to be an interesting week i think that always scares me man like i feel like sometimes my worst weeks are the ones where it's really difficult to like identify where the shock and where the leverage is mm -hmm. so if it's somewhere in between especially with like there's a lot of great content out there that didn't used to be talking about all these tournament strategies and lower owned plays and all that stuff so sometimes it's used the other way and some of the best plays end up going lower than they should so yep. those are the weeks that are the most frustrating when obviously you can identify some of the best plays and then you flip the cards over and they're 10 percent, and then you're sitting there just mm -hmm. like well at that point i, I leverage nothing some the guys that yeah, i thought would exactly. be sub 10 or 15 and then they're completely different plays right so yeah. very interesting um your quarterback gpp play of the week i haven't heard a lot of people talk about yet which is crazy because tom brady has been so good this year he's 8300 against new orleans obviously new orleans is like an interesting spot across the board because i think camara is going to come in at pretty high ownership on FanDuel because of basically just his price and mm -hmm. we just saw uh tampa bay get run all over a little bit last week so it's an interesting one because brady he is very expensive most people at that point are just going to pay up for your boy josh allen right is that the thoughts process here Yep, I do think that we are going to the the one position I, I think we could be pretty confident in um, is the quarterback. We got uh, the Rams and the Bills with the huge implied point totals, but the Buccaneers are right behind them with twenty eight. Um, now I know the the gap there is pretty big. The Bills and the Rams both projected for over thirty one, both very high in passing rate. Um, even though there's questions about Jalen Hurts. Um, possibly being benched i think he still is somewhat popular just because he's putting up so many points every single week uh and then even maybe like like joe burrow and justin herbert not necessarily popular but keep someone like a brady and that like five six percent range so if i could get brady on fanduel really I'm, I'm i'm just chasing touchdowns right on fanduel as much as possible so if i could get a quarterback that leads a league in neutral passing rate that leads a league in passing rate over expectation in almost every category and that's why i i like brady in the spot because even if they do get up on new orleans the bucks have showed a propensity they're just going to throw all game no matter what um so i i like that i i think another reason people are going to shy away from this is because if gronk does come back it's just back to the situation of like well who do i stack brady with stack yep. take your pick i mean um i i think they're kind of 
uh, priced pretty close together, Godwin and Evans, and and you could throw um, Gronk in there if you want. If if you like Kamara, I think it makes for a really good uh, game correlation. We haven't seen we've seen people getting away from bringbacks a little bit, but I think this is actually a really good spot for it because New Orleans just doesn't have anybody else that they're even using. So with all that said, I mean. Brady could end up being with with all the guys I mentioned. He could be fifth or sixth in in ownership, and all of the guys that are going to be popular are kind of bunched together in salary. I don't think people are really going to pay down at quarterback this week because all the top options are in really good spots. So you could get the least popular guy in the salary tier with as much upside as anybody. Yeah, Reeves made a really good point on the stacks video. So if you haven't checked that video out yet, definitely check that out next. Just about Brady specifically on a week like this where we don't have a lot of those super high end rushing quick week. We have no Kyler. We have no Lamar. So someone like Brady, who we know can score touchdowns, is a little bit more appealing on a slate like this where there's not a lot of like differentiation. Like we obviously yeah. have Josh Allen and and Hertz, but past that, like we don't have like that rushing type of ability to just like separate at the quarterback position. So that that point, touchdowns become even more important. So I, I love the Brady play this week. I also think that um, in terms of like who people are going to play him with, like no one wants to play Evans against Lattimore. So we could see Adams right. go super or Evans, sorry, I should say, um, go yeah. super low. And then Chris Godwin, I think is going to be the chalk, but he's basically the same price. And it is a little bit more spread out now. And anytime this happens with Tampa Bay and Brady, people just don't play it because they don't know who to play it with. Right. So I guess I, I'm curious your thought on Evans versus Godwin when the ownership is going to be basically half, uh, but he hasn't performed very well against Lattimore in the past or a lot of these really high end cornerbacks. Yeah, I maybe it's a, maybe it's a leak, but I like leaning into these perceived tough matchups um, just because, again, we are chasing touchdowns. Right. So if the if the Buccaneers are are driving consistently, even if it is Godwin and, and Evans is, ends up with like just like a, a five uh, for 50 day, if Brady decides to target him twice near the goal line, that 550 day with two touchdowns is, is um, a very good day at half the ownership of Godwin. So I'm fine stacking him with Evans. I actually have him in my primary build right now with Evans, just because um, of everything you mentioned. And, and again, going back to, to Grant possibly coming back, I think it only kind of brings our, all their ownership down even more. And again, even if Godwin is chalk, like what's he going to be chalk like 25% maybe again, we're not right. going to have, I don't think we have, we're, we're kind of back to like, three, four weeks ago, I don't think we're going to have a 30% guy in the slate at all. I think everybody's going to be that the top guys will be 25%. We haven't seen that maybe three weeks, a few weeks ago, we were talking about that when it's, that's the situation, just play your guys. And if you whiff on ownership, I mean, I think it's a week just to, to whiff on ownership and, and play your favorite plays. Yep, really high total for Tampa Bay, obviously, in this one. So love the call with Brady. Let's move on to the running back position, TJ, because this is one that actually uh, is a decent amount of leverage off of your boy Jake Seeley's team, where he was talking about Joe Burrow in the passing game for Cincinnati. Yeah. But what about Joe Mixon at 7,600 against the Jets? Sounds like uh, this is probably a pivot, but more of a leverage play, right? Because I think these Cincinnati, Cincinnati guys are going to be pretty popular. It's a little bit of both. I, this is the this is the position that I'm I'm really all over the place with ownership right now. I, I think Daryl Henderson and uh, DeAndre Swift are going to be pretty popular. Henderson at 77, Swift at 79. After that, I think it could go a lot of different ways. But with Henderson at 77, with Swift at 79, and then CPAT to a lesser sentence extent at 73 i just think in this price range people aren't going to really look to joe mixon because we saw him get 50 percent of the touches last week come off the injury a couple weeks ago where he did see like 64 percent of the backfield touches but i think there's going to be enough concern there compared to the other guys that if people are targeting this game it's going to be with the passing attack after what we saw from the Bengals against the ravens last week and then on top of that 
I, I don't know if everybody does this as much as I do. Maybe it's one of those things where I just project my own uh, process onto the field, but I think people are going to look at the um, the point spreads. And a lot of times if, if Mixon is a 10 and a half point favorite, they would take the risk on, you know, his 50% workload, but you got the Daryl Henderson at the 14%. I think people will look at the bills and somebody like a Zach Moss might just get a little bit more popular than usual because they are 14 point favorites. Um, so I actually think that Mixon in a matchup against the Jets, who are the worst team in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, even if they get up big, if he gets up to that 65% touch share like we saw two weeks ago, he can more than pay off his salary. We saw last week, Henderson, as great as he is, as good of a spot it is, there's just so much that could go in terms of passing touchdown variance in the offense. DeAndre Swift, I mean... He's balling, but on Fanduel, he got the two touchdowns last week. But if you don't get touchdowns on on Fanduel, um, you could be in trouble. And I mean, that's always Swift. He's always going to be the concern that he might not get touchdowns just because the Lions are just a bad team. So I do think Mixon can be a really good leverage play off of both of those guys, off of that um, uh, that passing offense, and he's stackable with his defense because the Jets are playing. Um, um, Mike White at quarterback, I guess. Uh, so just play play the Bengals defense against a bad offensive line with a guy that's never started before. Yeah, it's almost like that double leverage spot that you talk about. It's a pivot because of the guys that are priced around them. It's Henderson, it's Swift, it's those guys. But also, like if we're going to see guys like T. Higgins be extremely popular on the passing side of things, like you get kind of that double equity there in tournament. So love the Joe Mixon call. Before we move on to wide receiver, if you're one of those people who doesn't watch this live, start with us next week, every Monday and Thursday. 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, the big show is on Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to noon to get you guys ready for kickoff. All right, let's talk about wide receiver. And it does seem to be like a week where a lot of people are going to be paying up at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a guy that's a little bit cheaper. Van Jefferson, he's 5,700 against Houston in this spot where he has been like that easy guy to add to Stafford stacks, but he's almost always coming in at super low ownership. So I love the price point. Sounds like you like him as a GPP play this week. Yep. And that's kind of what I had in my notes about Jefferson. He's, I think he, when you hear his name, it's obvious why you would think about him because you're going to have Stafford Cup Henderson all get ownership. He's not really a, a leverage play off of those guys because I don't think there's really any situation where you're playing Jefferson as a one off. I think you want him as using him with minis with Cup or Henderson or in full stacks um, with the Rams, but you're going to make your stacks lower owned with him because, and again, another note I had that. People aren't going to be paying down for their wide receivers this week. I think if people are paying down, they're going to be paying up at running back. We have five of the top seven tight ends in terms of points per game off of the main slate. So I think people are just going to have to pay down at tight end because Pitts is the only one that's really expensive that people are are going to use. And I guess they're going to find ways to pay down at running back like Elijah Mitchell, Zach Moss, who I already mentioned, maybe even Michael Carter, just going to be the, the throw-ins that people get cheap with. So if you could do that with the Van Jefferson instead, one thing I talked about in my GPP article review this week is flipping that build, right? So even if everybody is playing the Rams, if you're one of the few teams that's paying down at wide receiver, you're naturally going to start having a lineup that looks different than other lineups, even if you have a, a similar players. And that's what we saw. I mean, this 
This was on like, I, I don't think a lot of people did this with Foster Moreau on uh, FanDuel last week, but if you did pivot to him, like you just had a very different build than everybody else. And I, I think that's kind of what Van Jefferson offers this week. Um, and then on top of, of all of that, all of the theory reasons you play, and we saw his usage last week, 94, 94% of the snaps, season high, 70% target share, season high. Him and Deshaun, the only players with average depths of target over 10 yards. The Texans last in the league in fantasy points per pass attempt on passes 15 plus yards downfield. So that is, uh, that's Jefferson's strength. That's Ram's strength. And there's lots of GPP theory reasons to play him this week. Yeah, the last four weeks so far, obviously Cooper Cup running away with weighted opportunity target share, all that stuff. But just in comparison to Robert Woods, like it, it's pretty similar, TJ, like almost the exact same air yards. But you see like Van Jefferson still like is providing more touchdown upside, like the, the yards after the catch is a little bit of an edge for Robert Woods. But the prices aren't even close is what I'm getting at. Right. Like yep. so you can play them at lower ownership. You can get them at a much lower salary. So I, I love the idea of flipping the build specifically because I don't think I mean, personally, I don't do that enough at times too it's nice to look at the opposite of the way that people are going to build sometimes what you can do with these lineup builders is just see what type of roster construction they're i guess popping out from an optimal yep. perspective and just figure out a way to still build a really good and highly projected team just do it a little bit differently with salaries and the positions. so i, I love that let's talk about tight end uh, Noah Fant, he's 5,800 against Washington. Obviously, a really nice pivot off of someone like Dallas Goddard in that same price range. We talked a little bit about Dan Arnold, who I think is going to be a little bit more popular on DraftKings for a little yeah. bit cheaper. But man, uh, Noah Fant against Washington, it's the same thing. Like we talked about Corlin Sutton a little bit earlier this week, also. Like we've been falling over ourselves to play people against Washington. And now Noah mm -hmm. Fant, like another one of these like high upside tight ends, is just going to go overlooked. It's a great spot. Yeah, I actually, I, I wanted to suggest Teddy at the top here at quarterback, but just looking at the slate and how many quarterbacks are in good spots, I don't know if it's a week to like take a Teddy. I don't know if, if a, a 21 or 22 from Teddy is going to get it done with so many quarterbacks that could go um, for 30 plus, even with the salary savings. But all that is said to say, I was looking through the, you know, thinking about the Denver pass game, thinking about wanting to attack Washington somehow. And I, I fell on Fant looking at exactly what you said. Goddard in a very similar price range. Um, maybe to a lesser extent, RSJ on the other side. Maybe Uzoma on the, uh, um, at a very similar price range if people look at the big game and just decide they want to start stacking Cincinnati a bunch. Uh, so Noah Fant could be kind of the odd man out in that 56 to 5,900 uh, price range. And Denver's just going to be, with Jerry Judy back, it's just going to make the passing offense that much better. But I think that that problem of trying to figure out what Judy is going to do to impact the pass catchers probably is more of a Tim Patrick and to a lesser extent Cortland, Such, Cortland Sutton um, concern than it is Noah Fant who's locked into his role um, as a tight end. So like him at this spot, again, I, I mentioned all of those tight ends off the slate. So if you, if you aren't paying for pits uh, and, and I don't, I don't know what, if people are going to pay for Gusecki, even though it's like a, a bring right. back the bills defense is so good. I just don't know if people are going to try to bring back the dolphins. So I I'm just like, you know, what, what tight end do you like? I do like to correlate my tight ends and I, I don't see myself correlating fat with anybody. So that's the only downside to him. Um, but I just think I want to attack this Washington passing defense somehow. 
it's such a weird week at tight end, man, because I still yeah. think that like part of like just being, I guess, looking at like people are going to open the app and they're going to see Kyle Pitts being the most expensive tight end. And it's easy to skip over him because there's so many yeah. of these other weapons that I mean are much cheaper that at least like on the outside look like they have similar ceilings. So it, it is interesting. I kind of am intrigued by Kyle think, Pitts, but there's I so many guys. In the play, I, I think like people, too. I think people are going to play Pitts. Okay, so it's it's not even really chasing at this point. It's like we finally yeah. seen the reveal that he's like this athletic freak wide receiver type of tight end, and now people are like ready to start playing him. You're probably I right. So. I think so. I th- I mean, I mean, and when I say play him, I he's not going to be like a a twenty percent guy, but you know, fourteen percent at tight end is a pretty high number. Okay, I'm with you on that. So let's talk about the DST position here. And it uh, looks like the 49ers at Chicago might be, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be popular or not, but people don't like to pay all the way up for defense basically ever. So I love these opportunities to try and get these situations in general at a little bit lower ownership. So we'll see where that shakes out. But as of right now, just anything against Chicago seems like a, a good idea. I haven't been, uh, I guess, putting him, uh, I guess, in in my rear view like i should have quickly enough in terms of justin field so uh 49ers defense uh your gpp defense of the week tell us why i'm just looking at what we have available this week and i, I mentioned the rams Bengals, and bills all favored by 10 or more the rams favored by 14 um I, I think people if they do decide to pay up it's going to be with one of those three like why go to san francisco at 46 when you could get buffalo for 200 more since for 300 more rams at 5,000 is pretty expensive but we um you know we, we have seen people like try to go to these teams with the bigger spreads uh so even though the rams are only i'm sorry the 49ers are only favored by three and a half they're playing against chicago with an implied point total of just 18 points chicago's last in adjusted sack rate allowed to um to opposing defenses i mean obviously we want to be targeting uh defenses that are going to be throwing a lot but chicago i think can we can get away from that a little bit just because they've been so sloppy because justin fields has been so turnover prone i mean if you're even you don't even have to be a film watcher if you're just on twitter clicking around you see people showing him holding the ball and looking at a receiver for you know the whole three seconds he drops back you're just standard receiver holding the ball not doing anything to get away from pass rush so um there's a lot of opportunity there and again i, I mentioned where are people going to save salary this week I, I i think by the time we get to sunday it could be a lot of, especially on fandle where people want to play running backs it could be a lot of Elijah Mitchell just because he got so much work in that nationally televised game. So why not throw in the 49ers with Mitchell if he does end up being popular and you need him to save um, and you're going to get, I don't, I don't know if he gets to 20%, but if he's like 17, 18% and you're, you're worried about having that um, like a, a chalky cheap guy, throw the 49ers defense in there with him. Yeah, I don't think we talk about enough sometimes just like the combination ownership is a lot more important than just the singular ownership because you're already going to be different than all of the people that didn't play them with the 49ers defense. So I like that thought process a lot. All right, so we have TJ's GPP plays of the week. I want you guys to pause this video. Let me know in the comments your favorite week eight tournament play. TJ, you ready to be able to fan team, my man? Uh, We could try. We can try. All right. That, that's all we ask is that we try. This team will be in the listener league at fanduel.com slash Holka. Make sure you guys get in there before it fills. It is rake free. It is $5. It is a three max tournament, huge prizes. More importantly, it is the battle of the guests. So Jake Seeley, Rich Rebar, and of course, TJ will have a lineup that we build on stream in this thing. It's not easy to build a lineup this early in the week. So uh, some more free money at times for you guys. So TJ, what this, are isn't, this isn't a low ball tournament between me, Reeves and Sealy. If, if that's the, if that's the case, 
if that okay. is the case, then I probably would have a little bit more money than I do. The low ball has been in play for sure. But I will say that Reeves got me some of the only money back that I got all of last week uh, with okay. his team. So I, it's hard for me to toss too much shade after my week last week, that's for sure. So let's turn it around this week. All right. What, what are you thinking here, stack-wise? Um, let, let's start with the the, the contrarian stack of, of Brady um, and... Let's go with the Evans in the bad in the bad matchup against Lattimore, and and I'm not going to go double stack. I'm not going to go bring back with um with Kamara awesome. yet, just because I think they're. I do think it is really important to have some Rams and 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 Bills, and all those guys are going to be pretty expensive. So I want to see how that kind of plays out. Okay, I'm with you. So is there a cheaper piece that you want to put in here to give yourself a little bit of flexibility to get up to those Rams guys, or what are your thoughts with that? Um, I think with hmm, I th- think I'm going to want like a van with a van mini with one of his teammates. I don't know if it's cup or hendo. Um, van obviously helps a lot. Even just yeah. that play alone, you still have defense left, obviously, but 6,400 the rest of the way. It's so wide open at that point. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tempted to, I hate fading cup, but I mean, it can't be every single week. And like Henderson coming off of my thought process on my thought process on Henderson, my thought process on Henderson right, right now is that if, if he comes even close to value last week, he's like he is the thirty-five or forty percent play this week, um, just because they're such big favorites and and they've been um, they've been giving him so much of the running back work. So he's not like super cheap. What is he seventy-seven? Yeah. So I mean, if you have his decent week last week, he might be eighty-five this week and, and be like thirty percent um, in, in this spot. So I I think Henderson is just like misvalued in terms of salary and ownership this week, even though he is going to be popular. You're gonna talk. You're gonna hear everyone in the world talking about how pass heavy they've been, close to the goal line, in the red zone, all of that stuff, right? So, like you said, if any of that's used back towards Henderson, this is just a really nice price for him. Where if he would have gotten in the box a few times over these last couple of weeks, I mean, he'd be well over 8K at this point. Yeah. So, and he's um, involved I, there. He caught it. He caught a, a touchdown pass two weeks ago, and I true. think I think he had an end zone target last week. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he had an end zone target last week. That's interesting. I mean, he did have six targets last week too, so it's yeah. not like he's not being used in the passing yeah. game. So that's uh, that's definitely something that probably isn't talked about enough. Is there like, are you going to go back with Hook or Cooks on the other side of that, or do you just want to keep like a little skinny Ram side on this one? No, I want to I want to f- make room for for a Bill specifically. Um, I, I I'm having it's it's really scary to pay up, like you said, people are going to be paying up for pass catchers to mm-hmm. pay up and not have a, cup, a Cooper Cup is like really yeah. scary but i've been I mean, there man it's it has not been fun for me doing that same exact I, thing. my, my prop my the thing i i really can't get away from on both sides is like their pricing digs is priced down with antonio brown who isn't playing and Cortland sutton you know and, and chris godwin like and and then dk metcalf who doesn't even have a who doesn't have a quarterback um and we're putting stefan Diggs down there it's like it just feels like that play we're going to look at and be like, he's 7,300 and he's not in every one of our lineups. Man, I'm telling you right now, I don't care about the ownership. I'm going to have a very heavy bill stack on this one because I think there's enough plays yeah. in this game that we can use to differentiate the stack in particular. Yes, I love Diggs. I think he's going to be uh, pretty high owned at that price. Love Allen just because, he, like you said, he, he differentiates just the quarterback position this week where it's a little mm-hmm. bit tougher to do that some other weeks. But man, you can throw in Emmanuel Sanders at super low ownership. You can yeah. throw in a guy like Gabriel Davis with no Dawson Knox at super low ownership. So you can really differentiate the bills even more than some of these other plays so man I, i'm i'm saying it right now it's a thursday i'm on my i'm having two main teams this week be shocked if one of them is not a bill stack 
Yeah, you know, you know what I, I kind of like here, and I've seen this pop up a couple times, and it's it's really counterintuitive to what we think about when we're stacking, but has been a pass catcher with their defense. And what that just leans into the idea of a complete blowout. I don't remember if it was on FanDuel or DraftKings last week, but the winner I had um the Buccaneers with the Buccaneers, Buccaneers passing off as a Buccaneers defense. But that kind of makes sense. We think about correlation with the defense or running back, right? But if if a team's just blowing out the opponent, which I think Buffalo could do to Miami this week, there's a good chance they got there um, if they're a passing team through the air. And what do we talk about? We want our defenses that are in situations where the opponent has to pass. How does that happen? The other team passed really well. So it kind of makes sense to have like a wide receiver with his defense. So let's throw in a Bills defense with Diggs and see see what happens here. Yeah, I think that sometimes the correlation stuff is super overblown. I'm as guilty of it. I think I talked about this on one of the other builds today, just like having a wide receiver with the defense in theory just seems like it's uh, not smart. But if it happens in the correct order, TJ, and they blow them out early through the air and then the rest yeah. of the game, it doesn't really matter what happens with Stefan Diggs because of, you have the Bills defense on the other side of it in a really good spot. Both can easily get there, especially that the yeah. mega blowouts, right? Because all you need is one big play from the defense to get there. And at that point, if the game script is right, you probably already there with your wide receiver too. So I should probably start doing that kind of thing a little bit more just to differentiate. I think maybe more of a small field play, but maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Definitely interesting. Um, 6,200 the rest of the way after we put defense in. So you definitely have some room here. Um, how, how chalky do you think this lineup is right now? Like Diggs mm. is going to be popular ish. No one's um, playing Evans. Hinder's going to be popular ish Evans. And, and so we're, we're pretty, we can go pretty chalky here yeah. for the rest of the way. I think. Yeah, I think um, you maybe you need one piece that's somewhat different, but man, I think you're already yeah. so differentiated by. It. I think Evans Evans could be sub ten after last week, which you is crazy so? to me. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. People lean yeah. into these these Lattimore things like very heavily, man. Weird. Um, Weird. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I I think we could pretty much go anywhere on ownership now and running back. I don't think we're gonna, if we pay up for running back, it's going to cripple us what how much do we have per play right now 6200 so i don't think we can get up to the big dog on this one but you can probably get to the camara range if you wanted to what about what, jt hmm. those type of guys i think probably in play what is Mixon, who we brought up um earlier bring us leave us with 56 the rest of the way which is fine 56. i like the Mixon. i like the Mixon idea especially with this team that doesn't have any sensey pieces so far Who, who's who's what tight end do we like if we go cheap tight end is there a cheap tight end we like this week? Dan Arnold. Yeah, let's go. Oh, let's let's do that. Forty nine hundred. Yeah, let's go, Dan Arnold. Because everyone's going to play him on DraftKings. I don't think people are going to play him. On yeah, yeah, though. yeah. I like that. So that gives like you sixty three hundred in the flex. So the range that you're looking at there is essentially T Higgins, uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, who else we got? We got Corey Davis. If you did want a mini to that Cincinnati stuff, that might be thin. Uh, or you can just add a little bit more to your Buffalo side if you wanted to go Zach Moss, Cole Beasley, those type of guys. It is kind of a weird range. I'll say that. You could go cooks if you just want to leave a little bit on the table. Sixty three hundred. Let's try this. Let's try to let's move down off Mixon. Okay. Um, I think I like. I'm really worried about Elijah Mitchell because we talked about like pain for touchdowns, and I just don't know if there's really touchdowns in that game. But yeah. I do. I do think Chuba is still really underpriced for his workload. Chuba's not going to be owned. I don't think. I could be wrong. Sixty six hundred. Maybe you will be. That's a really nice price. You're right. Yeah, that's super low. So let's see if we go Chuba. That lets us seventy three hundred yeah, now. So at that point, you could play another piece of that double. Atlanta game. You could play Patterson, or you could double. Yeah, you could play. You could play. Yeah, probably, that's I probably think, what we should do, right? I think. Yeah, I think double. Yeah, I think that's the move. I like it. All right, hundred left. That's it. 
TJ Hernandez, yeah. everyone. Make sure you guys go follow him over on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. Obviously, all the work over at 444 Football, including the DFS MVP podcast with friend of the show, Matt Harmon. TJ, good luck this week, my man. Let's do it. Appreciate it. Later, man. Awesome way to end the week. Thanks again to Jake and TJ for helping us get our feet set. One last time, I'm going to bug you to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Truly appreciate it, guys. Makes a huge difference. And I will see you in the Listener League. $5, three max tournament, rake free, fanduel.com slash Holka. That's fanduel.com slash Holka. You'll get a 20% deposit bonus for your first time deposit. If not, maybe just been a while since you played on FanDuel and you really want to try it out again. It's a great way to support the channel. Truly appreciate it. And I will see you guys Sunday morning, 9 a.m. for the big show. Stay safe. <laughs>